Before we get to today's Big Little Lies Season 2 Finale Podcast, I want to take a quick second to thank our friends over at True Car. 60 seconds. That's exactly how long this commercial lasts. You know what else you can do in about a minute? Get an offer for your car with True Car. That's right. In the amount of time it takes to floss your teeth, pet your dog, do a few sit-ups, or just listen to my voice, you can get a True Cash offer. And best of all, you can do it from your smartphone or home. Just go to TrueCar and simply enter your license plate number and watch how your car's details pop up. Answer a few questions and you'll get an accurate True Cash offer from a local TrueCar certified dealer. It's that easy. After that, you can bring your car in and they'll check it out with you together. You can ask questions and get the answers you need so that there's no surprises. And then simply leave with your check or trade in your car for a new ride. So when you're ready to experience a better way to sell or trade in your car, check out True Car today. The season two finale and quite likely series finale of Big Little Lies is over, but we're just getting started talking about it here on Post Show Recaps. Hello, everybody. Josh Wiggler here. Uh, I'm joined here by Emily Fox, and we are two people who will not be renewing our vows anytime soon. And it's nothing personal, Emily. (laughs) Wow. It's really not. It's just we've been through it before, and I don't think that either of us are really eager to go through that whole song and dance again. I also think that we were warned against renewing our vows pretty early into our marriage by your father. My dad did say something about that. Yeah, he said everyone he's ever met who has renewed their vows has eventually split up. Listen, that's not to say that if you've renewed your vows with your spouse, with your partner at some point in the course of your life, that that was necessarily a bad choice. It's just not for us. And apparently pretty clearly not for my dad. Yeah. I mean, that's his observations. But we are, we are talking about, I want to know the season finale of big little lies. And I know that you all out there want to know what we thought about it. We are coming to you a little bit later than anticipated with this podcast, about a day or so late uh, as we are. Emily, I think we just, we really needed some time. I wanted to let it marinate. We needed some time to process the the, I, the severity, Josh, the, de- the deep impact, uh, the asteroid that, <laughs> that, that struck us that was the Big Little Eyes. The Armageddon. Season two finale. In some people's minds, maybe a, a light Armageddon, uh, The Big Little Lies. I mean, I don't want to close my eyes. I don't want to fall asleep. Uh, don't get me started. I know the whole song. Um, <laughs> all right. So we're going to be talking about the Big Little Lies finale here. We will give you our takes. We will take some feedback as well. Um, this is our Big Little Lies finale recap. It is not the the very, very end of our Big Little Lies coverage. We will be doing one more Big Little Lies podcast after this. While we are answering feedback today, we are still calling for feedback for our final, final show. Uh, specifically, we would love to hear, I think, pitches on what a third season of Big Little Lies could entail. I think that that would be fun if you guys want to want to hit us up with that alternate endings alternate endings would be great yeah how would you have handled a second <laughs> season of big little lies differently yeah I think, I think that, that could be fun um so it's gonna be a fun post finale show that we're gonna record next week so get your takes in post show recaps.com slash feedback or hit us up on twitter emily is at emily like an omelet with an e i am at round howard uh please also tweet at Post Show Recaps, the Post Show Recaps Twitter account. Very important to tag at Post Show Recaps. It helps us collate your feedback much, much easier. 
Um, want you to subscribe. That would be great. Postshowrecaps.com slash Big Little Lies. Stay subscribed. Even though we only have one more podcast coming on Big Little Lies, we'll use that feed as a spot to let you know what Emily and I are going to be doing post Big Little Lies. Emily, we already have to start looking ahead towards the future. I'm excited. Towards the future. Spoiler alert. Just a light spoiler alert of what we are going to be covering next as our next dedicated show. It's another HBO drama. Yeah. It's another second season In our of an HBO house. drama. Yes, yes. Uh, and it's a show that's so much smarter than me, and I'm so intimidated to talk about it. I actually, you know, upon rewatch of the first season... Also, I, it's Succession. The I'm show not, is Succession. Yeah, I'm, I'm not that worried for you. Succession is going to be the next podcast. It's not like we're trying to, to do billions. Yeah, if you, haven't t- <laughs> if you haven't seen Succession, to see Succession, the first season of Succession, and we are going to be podcasting about Succession. Uh, that's a, that's our very anticlimactic way of uh, telling you what our next podcast is going to be. Wow, all the um, energy just drained out of the room. All right, well, let's get some energy. <laughs> let's get some energy back because we are talking about the season two finale of Big Little Lies uh, from from the minds of David E. Kelly and maybe Andrea Arnold. Maybe hard hard to, hard to know. Just a sliver of our uh, Arnold in this. Hard to know where where the Andrea Arnold starts and the Jean Marc Vallée ends. Like it's a little bit hard to to see after all of the big news that we covered uh, last week. And I think once you kind of know about some of the behind the scenes difficulties, it, it sort of clarifies some of the on the screen difficulties. Do you feel like it kind of ruined a few things for you too? I don't know about ruined. Ruined's a strong word. I think I would have had to care about Big Little Lies a whole lot more for me to feel like you ruined this for me i mean i cared about it i cared about it insofar as i deeply enjoyed podcasting yeah about that's it. true uh, i really love the performances from so many of these incredible actresses um but you know i i think and i really love that first season and i i was enjoying uh and still even through the finale many aspects of season two of big little lies but I think that, you know, it's a fairly easy, which is the better season of the two question. You know, sometimes that's not always an easy question to answer. I think it's pretty clear that the first season of Big Little Lies is a lot better than the second season of Big Little yeah. Lies. Um, I think that there were moments early on uh, where we were like, oh, 40 minute episode. All right. Cool. Let's let's get snappy. Let's do it. In the end. I love that you actually just snapped. I did snap. The In the end, Emily, maybe it's because like they didn't really have enough to even fill out seven episodes of TV. I was uh, direct messaging with friend of the podcast, the great AJ Mass, uh, who's uh, actually going to be appearing on Post Show Recaps relatively soon to talk about a new show that I'm super, super into. Uh, newish to me. Uh, it's been on Netflix for a bit. Um, but AJ and I were talking, and kind of I, the, the conclusion that I'd come to in that conversation was like, Big Little Lies Season 2 could have been like two episodes. You know, oh, like some sort of like miniseries? I mean, this is a miniseries essentially, but I think it could have been like even a, a minier, a minier series, like a really, yeah. a really tiny series, like a film, like a film, even a movie, a wrap up movie. Also, could have maybe not even existed at all. Uh, That's and- kind of what I was trending towards. I mean, I felt like I didn't finish season one being like, man, they got to make another one of these. No. I was like, oh, that was a great standalone miniseries and such incredible acting. Yeah. There you go. We sort of, you know, quietly tidied this up. I think that that's been a take from a lot of people of like, uh, this is this this season of Big Little Lies is sort of like a good example of of why sometimes it's better just to let a thing lie, uh, why it's better not to revisit material uh, that has already concluded. I mean, what's the takeaway from this in reality? We should stop letting television executives make all the decisions. No, I mean, I mean, 
all the decisions, maybe. I don't know. I mean, I think that a lot of this was the 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 cast loved working with That's each other true. and loved these yeah. characters and liked this world that they had created. And they wanted to create more. Um, but I think sometimes it's better to resist that temptation and just appreciate what you did and, and you know, work with these people and collaborate on different projects is probably the better move. But I'm not like, even after a, a relatively lackluster season and I think a pretty lackluster finale. Yeah. I mean, we haven't really even talked about the story of the finale yet, which we will. Um, but even after all of that, like, I still love these these actresses and these characters that they've played so much that I'm not opposed to seeing them again at some point down the line, especially now that it's kind of like, well, how much worse can we can we do? You know, we, we've already had a fairly light season two uh, that I, I wouldn't mind seeing them again. At so some now point we're going to see line. them all in a minimum security prison. Orange is the New Black together. It's not impossible. <laughs> I think something like that could happen. I mean, Orange is the New Black is about to end. So maybe something needs to, to fill the void. Oh, boy. I think you and I are just saying that since we're still we need such, another prison. Yeah, drama. <laughs> we're still just big Oz people. So we just need to get back there. Uh, but we'll we'll see how that all shakes out. So, I mean, I, I wanted to ask you sort of just about like the overall resolution of big little lies season two you know it has the big custody battle kind of climaxes between celeste and mary louise celeste is going to keep the kids mary louise is getting chased out of town essentially jane and Corey are going to get together bonnie's mother is going to pass away renata and gordon looks like they're headed to splitsville uh, madeline and uh, ed are going to resolve everything so there's some resolutions there but there's like the final note that has this bit of a cliffhanger with the monterey five going to the police station, presumably turning themselves in that we truly just don't know what's left to our imaginations. Overall, looking at the finale and just looking at kind of the scope of that before we drill into those specific elements deeper, Emily Fox, yeah. what did you think? Just what, what were your thoughts on the season two finale of BLL? I just felt like a lot of the plot um, was just Don't nicely... mind me, I'm just grabbing my coffee. Oh, okay. I felt like a lot of the plot was just like nicely cleaned up a little too well. Um, I mean, we see everybody sort of like coming to grips with what their new reality is and sort of smiling at what that might be or being sad, depending on what it is. And then they all just sort of congregate at Carmel by the Seas uh, police station. So like I, I would have liked to have seen... Madeline and Ed maybe not renew their vows and be like, wow, we have a lot of work ahead of us. Like that would have been so much more believable mm. than him like punching a bag and then suddenly being like, we need to get a small hoopah and you need to get like a florally dress from free people. And like, let's meet outside by the right. beach. Like that just felt a little too easy. And also did he end up sleeping with what's his face's wife? Or I what? guess we'll never know like that. I mean, why would you even create that scenario if it's not going to be addressed later on? So that isn't uh, that kind of stupid. Uh, well, maybe it's. Like, <laughs> I'm well, sorry. Well maybe, well, maybe the idea there is that Ed needed to be faced with a very similar proposition to know that that's not at all what he wanted. I guess I don't know. But we don't see enough of like Ed as his own character to really even care. I mean, that I, makes I, ca- sense? I cared because, like, you know, enough of the story had they, you know, they they delivered the the news, you know. So the so the early portion of the season was really exciting because things were kind of happening fast, right? Not only like were the episodes uh, tight 
and short and that was so the you know merciful in this day and age where there's you know 500 shows on television you want to watch as many as you can uh you know the, so that so that's great it was like convenient but also they were propulsive things were happening that second episode so much happens where uh renata's whole bankruptcy thing is beginning um you know we have the we have ed finding out about the affair that goes down that's when when the whole like uh ziggy is uh josh and Max's brother thing blows up within the community. Um, and then we still have to get to episode seven. And like, if you think about what's happened in the last several episodes, almost since then, it's like, this really could have been condensed. This could have been condensed very much. And paced and, differently and, too. Well, that's what I mean. And I, I think that the, 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 the Ed, the Ed piece is, is part of it where like that story has had really kind of stalled and just like played out in a way that was uh, that was rather strange. I thought where I didn't really get a full scope of of where that was all supposed to go, and um, you know, reaching the place where Ed and Madeline are finally back in like some level of peace with each other. Really, the only thing that kind of like put him back there that we got to see was her in her like wedding dress the week before uh, when he comes in. He's like, I, I told you you can't wave a magic wand, but this is pretty close. And, that and then was like, he does that the next episode where he's like, you know what? Renew our vows. Yeah. Done. So, like, I, but on. I mean, well, he says like the worst of it is behind you. You, there is no better or worse anymore. You've done the worst. That's over. This is a new beginning. Uh, you know, it's not like everything is just like completely magically erased. Do so you think he'll be he does cool with her being at the police station confessing to this? Well, so that's so, well, <laughs> like, so, let's renew our vows. Oh, wait a second. Well, so that's that's part of that's part of my issue with the episode is, ah, man, I, I. So the the Ed and Madeline thing, like it resolves where like it's happily ever after for the two of them. But, but we also fun. are going to have the end of the episode where the Monterey Five look like they're going to turn themselves in. At first, it looks like it's just Bonnie who's going to go. But then all of them show up and they all walk in together. And we're just left to like wonder what happened, um, which is fine. I'm, I'm, I'm fine with the ambiguity. That's OK. Like, I think that you can extrapolate what goes down there. They uh, they turn themselves in or like Bonnie takes the fall and everyone's there to support her or they, you know, whatever. Who knows? It, it doesn't ultimately matter that much. Um, just sort of like ceremonially that they all decide like enough is enough and we're going to say enough is enough together. It's a, a, a fine, a totally fine note for this season to end on. But the, the Madeline and Ed thing specifically kind of rubs me wrong when Ed forgives. Madeline says, we got to start over. And Madeline's like, yes, 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 100%. But we've also already started down the path of Madeline feeling like maybe I need to tell Ed about the lie. Um, and then Renata was like the one who talked her back from being like, no, the lie is the lie and you can't tell anybody. And then they resolve their marriage in this episode. And Madeline joins everybody to go to the police and did she have a conversation with Ed about that before she goes to the cops? And if so, why didn't we get to see that? Like, I feel like that's an important fundamental piece of that resolution arc of her being like, you want to know, like, uh, you want me to take a risk? And do you want me to tell you something that's the truth and something that's been happening over this past year? This is something that we've been involved in. This is something that happened. And to see, like, how Ed reacts to that, I think is a fundamental piece of this resolution between these two characters. So I guess like it's 
I guess like sort of maybe fodder for a third season if a third season comes to pass. The the show definitely ends open-endedly enough that a third season could come to pass at some point down the line. Uh, But it just feels like that was like a a really important piece of the Ed and Madeline story, which was all about um, honesty and disclosure and being like truthful and, and faithful to one another. And Madeline feeling like she had really screwed up and Ed having to do a lot of work to forgive her and Madeline having to do a lot of work to get Ed to forgive give her um and in the end he just like kind of like a lot of those scenes between ed and madeline in the in the lead up to this episode were like i i promise i'll never do anything like that again i hope you forgive me and just like different versions of that exact same conversation uh rather than anything that was like i don't know like a little more dramatic you know that had a little bit more purpose yeah and Uh, especially for madeline as a character too who tends to be super dramatic like we don't see anything in terms of her sort of coming clean on that i don't know it just makes the vow renewal seem kind of whatever because they didn't iron this out right you know and then like i don't know celeste wins her kids back and then immediately is like okay let me call the nanny real quick and have her watch the boys well like go confess like right. what is this right okay so let's well i let's, don't know well let's talk about the you know we've, we've talked a lot about madeline and ed but let's talk about the celeste of it all because that's really the big piece of uh of the of the of the finale i also need to issue a mea culpa i've been called to task emily uh, that uh, Ira Farber, Dennis O'Hare, not the Vampire King of Louisiana, the Vampire King of Mississippi. <laughs> I got that wrong. Wow. I've, been, I've, been, I've been getting it wrong for weeks That's now. That's really embarrassing. I'm real. I'm really not okay. Should we end the podcast now? Because I feel like you're not qualified to talk about anything now. I, I, I'm, I'm turning in my podcasting Gosh. card at the end of my life. Wiggler, so I'm you've still lost in your this touch for a while. Uh, but yeah, that was bad. That was bad. Vampire King of Mississippi. I apologize. Not the Vampire King of Louisiana. Who's Russell Edgington. Russell Edgington. Okay. Yeah, that's right. Is Russell. the name of Dennis O'Hare's character? Oh, were you? about to ask who's the vampire king of louisiana that ends up being bill compton i thought so yeah bill compton he, he really rocks out pretty hard vampire Real. bill vampire bill um okay well let's uh let's talk about eric northman's uh <laughs> eric northman's fate uh, eric, North- eric northman's mother mary louise wright and her trial with celeste which was uh we we left last week's episode with celeste saying this is my fight let me fight it and we we know that that's going to be a big piece exactly like of her. this finale. And indeed it is. It is like the vast majority of the finale is going to be the cross-examination. Celeste defending her own honor against Mary Louise. And I'm not a lawyer. Uh, so I don't know. Like, But the, David E. Kelly is, is into the legal drama thing. Um, but this felt like very network legal drama as opposed to like, like really like deeply researched. But again, I, I really don't know, but it just felt like this felt like melodramatic. Like this just felt like kind of a little ridiculous. And, and beyond that, I felt like so many of like the, the points and the conclusions just like felt really, really kind of inevitable. And as a result, sort of like anticlimactic the way that Celeste goes against Mary Louise and basically makes Mary Louise uh, face down the fact that she had blamed Perry for the death of her other son. We get a little bit of a flash of that before Celeste cross examines Mary Louise. I, you tell me, I don't remember any flashes of that across. No, there the weren't season. any. So it just felt like that came really late. 
which is yeah. which was a little awkward to like have that flash and it's not even like a flashback that that Celeste can have of herself unless she's just kind of like imagining what it was like for Perry as a young boy uh in that in that scenario. I don't know, what did you think of the whole trial? What did you think of everything with Celeste versus Mary Louise? I just don't think it would reality wise work that way. If that makes any sense. I think the judge is super patient when in reality, a custody judge would probably be like, okay, like, sorry, this could have happened earlier in the trial. We're trying to determine what's happening. And like, everyone stands up and is like, actually, can you just like, have the yeah, like, can word. you just like keep erupting with, no, like, with that's last the point. Does if that- you can't decide on the custody of your children, then you go and have a judge decide. You don't get to just keep standing up. That's why you have a legal representative. I mean, it's like that. It makes zero sense to me. It's like that scene in Bridesmaids when when Kristen Wiig and uh, and uh, I'm blanking on the name of the actress who plays uh, Maya Rudolph's uh, made made of uh, Rose Byrne. Yeah, that's her name. Uh, When Rose Byrne and Kristen Wiig like are keep like they keep competing over who gets to like finish speaking at the at the uh, the wedding shower uh or the engagement party yeah it's, it's the not a wedding party. shower God. i'm so sorry that's in paris uh, that's also not in paris but paris it, themed. it was not in paris yeah uh, lots of puppies. but it's embarrassing but like it's just like that <laughs> where like they keep like trying to like one up each other over who can who could speak and it just felt like is that is that how this works no that would never happen in a real custody battle. i have no idea i've got no idea i've never been so i, I haven't either but if i was a judge i would, I would not, probably I be know. like no shut up i'm making the final ruling and i don't need to hear all the rest of this that's what you should have in done like some earlier. More like formal way of saying such things. No, but. if I were a judge, I would say exactly Shut up! verbatim. The Scolari brothers, <laughs> Ghostbusters two, better than friends of yours. One. I tried them for murder, <laughs> gave them the chair. Yeah, this. You just w- find I mean, any I think excuse that the, well, to do I think, that. I think the trial uh, would have been really amazing if the Scolari brothers had shown up. Uh, to to really wreck things here I don't know. in the Big I, Little Lies finale. I think the Big Little Lies finale would have been tight if we got some Scolari Brothers action. I just think that this trial could have played out like a normal trial rather than super dramatic at the end, which makes zero sense in real life. I don't know. It, it, it was very melodramatic. Um, obviously, love me some Meryl Streep. I've enjoyed my Meryl Streep. Oh, all yeah. season long. Uh, Wait, what was your impression? You did a great impression of. Her I don't the know other if day. I did a great impression of of Meryl Streep the other day. You seemed you're you're not uh, telling the truth you're about not telling me. The truth. I mean, I don't think that that's really a great impression. It's just kind of just like a ridiculous voice. Uh, but I mean, that's basically what she's like. How could you do this, Celeste? You know, she had these moments where, like, she was like very like she had like sort of like this righteous indignation towards Celeste, who she has just like raked across the coals, and it makes sense because Mary Louise is that kind of person who everything is somebody else's fault except for herself or her family. Um, so uh, in that way, true to character all the way through, um, I feel like we just kind of, we, 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 you know, we saw a lot of this coming, you know, there was, it was pretty clear that like Mary Louise was going to be at least in some capacity responsible for Perry's brother's death. And like that was going to come in as a factor here. I think maybe we expected it to be like a, a, a bit more dramatic than that. I mean, we'll get to our draft later, Emily, towards the uh, end of the podcast. Yeah. But there were things like throughout the the season, like we expected death. We expected murder. Um, and I, I think and like, instead we just got a lame courtroom drama. Well, I think I'm it's just kidding. <laughs> in, in some ways, I think we're, we were, uh, we were watching the wrong show to expect that stuff and that's on us. But I also think that there are things that the show does 
that um, that pushes you in the direction of thinking that that level of dread and danger and lethality will occur by the end of the season. I mean, there's a gun in the opening credits oh, yeah. for Pete's sake. You know, maybe that's how Tom died. You know, oh poor Tom. We don't know if he's dead, but he's. he's de- I'm really upset we didn't resolve Tom. There's no, there's nothing about Tom. Um, but like, I, I just, I felt like it just ended like it was just a real anticlimax uh, for for the whole season, but certainly like the Celeste and Mary Louise thing, and to tie it back to to Madeline a little bit, mm-hmm. and. Don't get me wrong. While we were watching uh, the the finale, Emily and I kept remarking on how much we we love Nicole Kidman. Uh, we were both uh, singing the praises of Batman Forever. Yeah, um, that's true. Doctor Chase Meridian, never forget. <laughs> uh, so certainly n- nothing nothing you know like wide sweeping against Nicole Kidman. But I I think Emily that I think that Reese Witherspoon as Madeline and Meryl Streep as uh, Mary Louise. These are two of the most charged actresses and performances of the show. Correct. In a way that like when they were going up against each other, those scenes were so excellent. And was there a way to get Madeline versus Mary Louise in a more direct way towards the end of this thing. And would that have been a little more satisfying? Like I love Renata. I love Laura Dern. And I thought that the, the confrontation between the two of them in this week's uh, episode and the finale was a lot better than the one that they had had a few episodes earlier. Yeah. It made more sense for them to run into each other at a Starbucks, but man, <laughs> uh, but man, like I, I wish that like some version of that space in the finale had had been like reserved for a confrontation between Madeline and Mary Louise. It kind of felt like they ran out of things to do with Madeline, which is too bad because she was sort of like this high octane character who, you know, could be really chatty, really sort of like throw you daggers if you were doing the wrong thing. And she kind of lost that charm, I think, in the last few episodes. And I know a lot of it has to do with like sort of having her tail between her legs in terms of the affair, but you know, that's the Madeline that we love. Someone who's like short, quick, very like... Don't call her you know. short. She takes on... <laughs> Sorry. But you know what I mean? And like, I felt like we lost a lot of that energy for her. And yeah, I think it would have been really cool to see her go off against Mary Louise towards the end. Go off. Yeah. I would have liked that as well. So I, I don't know. I... I Again, like I, I really love Nicole Kidman historically, but like it's a, a little bit of like a it's it's a it's a, a more subdued performance from her by necessity of the character, but it just it didn't feel as energetic as I think some of these other people going up against Mary Louise could have felt, even if it was like a post trial scene where after everything goes down, like I feel like the way that they send off not just Mary Louise, but the rights overall is a yeah. lot is a lot gentler than the shove uh, that Perry received at the end of the first season. Like they're almost trying to like build a little bit of sympathy for why Perry was the way that he was. That abusers don't just come out of nowhere; they come from you know histories of abuse very often. Um, and like you know, great to make the point, but like I, I just like I don't know that I that I love the idea of like softening the image of Perry at all. And I think that the finale right. like tried to do that. No, to but a then they also like icky in the eleventh hour. They're like, and look at this footage we found. 
Like, how did... Well, I mean, that's, that actually has roots in the first season, doesn't it? Like, didn't we see that in the first season? I'm well, pretty sure. Like, isn't that the perspective of the boys discovering um, uh, discovering Perry and and Celeste at one point? She's, like, on the, on the bathroom yeah, floor, so, and they're like, are you okay, or something like that? Or what's going on with mom? And he's like, oh, no, don't worry about it. She's just tired. It felt, it felt right? like... It, that's what we're talking it about. It felt to I me think. like it was a callback, but... I, I mean, that's great, but I think it's kind of convenient that it's, like, the last episode that we see that rather than I don't know I just would have loved if Celeste had worked with her attorney to like create a better image of herself earlier on so the attorney could have done her job I just think that I, <laughs> well I think I think that the courtroom stuff and the custody battle thing like it just it, it felt like contrived in a way where like I probably wouldn't blink twice if this was like Boston legal or, or whatever. I don't know. I feel like I just dragged Boston legal, which may be a perfectly great show. I haven't seen it before. I can't tell you one way or the other, but just like felt like a, like a very, like, I don't know, like, you know, very networky type of show. Um, when you expect prestigious drama when, when Meryl Streep is around and I, and I thought Meryl Streep was great. I love, uh, how she keeps looking back to the judge, uh, when Celeste is like, look at me, address me. I'm the lawyer. I'm the person who, who you're supposed to speak with. Show me the respect. I thought that that was really great. And that Mary Louise, like still like in like her, like, uh, like animal in a corner kind of instinct couldn't help, but keep turning to the judge for support. Uh, I, I just thought that the performance there was great. No knocks on the performance there at all. But the the resolution is is announced, and and she, you know, Celeste is going to have full custody of the kids, and like she even tells like Josh and Max to go give Grandma a hug, and then Mary Louise just gets to kind of drive out of town okay, and go so back my north. Issue with so, that. so I just felt like it was just soft. I just felt like it was a kind of soft ending. You know what would have been better? Here's an idea: if Mary Louise is seen sort of slowly, like, she's, like, crumpled in a corner in her apartment, crying, but starting to pack up a box, but then looks out the window through the peep and sees... <laughs> through the peep. <laughs> Sorry. Uh-huh. Peeps out the window. <laughs> uh-huh. Keep going. <laughs> and sees Jane get into her car and drive away, and then Jane shows up at the police station. Wouldn't that have been a better, like... Sort of like... Why would that... What, what, what's the... Because why would she drive immediately back to San Francisco? She has all her crap in her, ha- her apartment that she's renting. Well, she may have packed up. No! I'm sure that that... She probably thought she was going to win. Why would she pack up? Well, I don't think that you need... You don't need the scene of Mary Louise packing up. Like, that feels like... Uh, well, do you need the scene of her driving away either, then? No, I, I feel... Maybe we don't need anything. Well, I think that, I think what I... what I, would, I like my idea well, better. I, well, I, <laughs> I, I love the idea of the peep. You know, I love the idea of, do, <laughs> of Mary Louise doing the peep, uh, which we've definitely seen her do before. I mean, she's definitely got some, like, peep. And do the peep. Uh, <laughs> do the peep. We've definitely seen her creeping around. Yeah. I just felt like some sort of justice. Like, I feel like some sort of moment where she just, like, got, like, chewed out a little bit more. And instead, like... She has like she has to drive home like thinking about the truth about herself and her son and like the the nightmare that she helped create. Um, but I don't feel like I know. I, I don't feel like Mary Louise is is capable necessarily of that level of introspection. Uh, it certainly gave us no real reason to think that those thoughts about herself and her son would really really take hold. Um, and also, I feel like. 
go give grandma a hug. Like, that's good for the kids. So I get that. That's totally fine. Like, you know, don't shatter the the whole image of, of you know, the people that they come from. Um, totally makes a, a, a measure of sense to me. Um, but I feel like that's that's where I'm craving, like, some sort of, like, maybe that's where you get your Renata scene. Maybe you hold off on having there be a scene between Laura Dern and Meryl Streep until the very end of the season when, like, some of these, some of the Monterey Five, like, confront her out of the court, the courthouse and be like, yeah, that's right, you better run. You get out of here, you terrible person. And then Renata <laughs> can just, like, take a verbal baseball bat to Mary Louise. Like, I feel, I feel like something like that. I said go! Yeah, I said go! <laughs> like, I feel like something like that was missing for me. Um, it's not quite like bloodlust, you know, but it is like existential bloodlust is, is what I was craving. And I just, I did, I don't feel like we got nearly enough you of that. You crave bloodlust? Like, uh, it's not like I, I didn't need, I didn't need like a character to die, but I felt like I needed there to be like, uh, like a, an existential killing at the very least. Like I felt like we needed to see, uh, we just needed to see more of a takedown of Mary Louise than than what we got. Like I'm happy that uh, Celeste is going to have the kids and everything like that, but I also feel like we just missed out on more of a more of a brutal takedown in Mary Louise. Would have would have been my be, cup of tea. Wouldn't it be amazing though if Mary Louise was like, still my son was murdered. Yeah, I'm sure that's what she's thinking. Yeah, but so why would she drive away? Oh, maybe she's just driving away to to you know next time gadget next time. Like she's gonna she's gonna shake her fist and and recalibrate. And you know, sometimes it's really therapeutic to drive over to the Golden Gate Bridge and uh, just like belt out some tunes, come back, you know, regroup. Yeah, I think that could be exactly what she's got in mind. So who knows. <laughs> Who knows what's going to happen there? Uh, this doesn't make sense. So the, I don't like it. So so Mary Louise leaves. Celeste gets the kids, uh, but it's it's not it's not a, a it's not a deathless finale. There is uh, there is the passing of Bonnie's mother. Uh, Bonnie's mom does not survive the finale. She she has a second stroke after having woken up. Um, the it, like the exact follow through on Bonnie, like saying, like confessing her true feelings to her mom last week, like the 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 play by play on that is so so she confesses to her mom how she feels and how she blames her mom for everything. Then she, you know, the implication there being that she's going to go and confess to the police, but before she goes and does that, she does come back to the to the hospital and she confesses. I also forgot to tell you that I love you. And then Bonnie's that's the magic sentence that wakes her up. Bonnie's mom wakes up, uh, and she's awake for a little while. She's hungry. The hospital food did not look great, which was unfortunate. But I think that's pretty realistic. Uh, <laughs> Maybe the most realistic part of the show, right? Now. <laughs> uh, and, then, and then she has the second stroke, and she she doesn't survive it. And that seems like that emboldens Bonnie to not only eventually confess to the police at the end of the season, um, but also to tell Nathan uh, that you are not for me. Uh, I, I do not love you, and I don't think I ever have. And that's really the extent of the Nathan of it all in this finale. Uh, what did you think of everything with Bonnie? Eh. It's fine. I mean, we have sort of this um, will she, won't she in terms of the smothering with the pillow where like her dad conveniently leaves and then forgets his keys and comes back and you're like, oh man, is he going to catch her in the act? And he doesn't. You know, she's snuggling with her mom instead, which is, you know, 
probably a nicer thing to do. Um, but I, I sort of felt like this was an easy out too, where, you know, she sort of makes peace with her mother, tells Nathan the truth. Uh, eh. Yeah. That's kind of how I feel about it, especially since we kept seeing all these drowning images like that doesn't get resolved for us. You well, know? yeah, I mean, if she if she felt like she was underwater this whole time and if that was Bonnie's mother's concern and Bonnie is going to to get herself out of the water by confessing, you know, but I, I think like maybe to have like re- revisited that imagery. Yeah. To some degree. Or like she's swimming in the ocean and then she's like, oh. <gasps> And realizes she needs to go confess. Yeah. Like anything. Yeah. I think maybe we're just upset because we predicted uh, more ocean imagery for this finale than we got. Yeah, there didn't wasn't we say enough we thought, ocean like, imagery. crashing waves. Yeah, I didn't hear enough ocean final. imagery and piano soloing. And like, I, I might as well just stop here. Yeah. Um, I don't know. So I don't know. I, I think the order of operations is really what confuses me because in the penultimate, like she ends her storyline being like, I'm about to make some confessions, uh, but but first I need to confess to you. And so you would expect that like the next thing for Bonnie would be like she would go to the police then. Hands but, them the book and then leave. But it, seems, <laughs> but it seems like it wasn't like quite that urgent, which like in terms of life, that's that's fine. And that makes sense of like she comes and she like says a thing to her mom and then she goes home to sleep and plans to do something the next day. But instead, she feels bad about what she said to her mom. So she wants to come and be like, so I'm going to like turn myself in the police. But I just want to make sure that wasn't like the very last thing that I'd said to you. But I think like dramatically, it just like it played awkwardly. I think like it just like it, it didn't like really necessarily follow up. Uh, cleanly on the promise of of the penultimate episode's final scenes with Bonnie. And Nathan's just sort of standing there being like, uh... I'm fine with that, by the way. <laughs> Nathan Nathan sucks, and I think Nathan got exactly, uh, got exactly what he deserved. Uh, but yeah, so Bonnie is gonna go to the police, and she's... Uh, it seems like she's probably told uh, Nathan and her dad what's going on, because Nathan's like, do you want me to drive you? And Bonnie's like, no, I got to do this on my own. I told you I never loved you. Get away from me. Well, I, I, <laughs> I just don't. I mean, I don't, I don't know. Like, I, I feel like with how short these episodes were and how little actually happened over the course of the season that I do feel like, man, it would have been nice to like see like some of these people like articulate the lie to the people that they've been lying to when we really clearly like that happened with at least Bonnie and and her father and her husband soon to be potentially ex-husband. And we just didn't get to see it. And I feel like those are great scenes that we missed. Uh, And that's like a scene that like maybe gives, you know, the guy who plays Nathan like a little more to do. Um, Yeah. Rather than having like the occasional run in with Ed where they exchange useless words. Right. You know, like we could have taken like three more scenes of Bonnie. I know we're complaining a lot. I'm sorry. I, I, I just feel like it was a little, the finale was just anticlimactic for us. Right. Yeah. I mean, obviously, uh, but the, not <laughs> anticlimactic to, to get into things that we like Renata remarkable. Uh, Renata's the best like MVP, MVP, MVP. Laura MVP. Dern, queen. Yes. Queen. Yeah. Uh, I mean the scene where she comes back home and Gordon's just playing with the trains again. What does he say? It's so it's always like, I need, I, I'm going to need something to play with now after she talks about the nanny. It's like, show the lady hey, some respect. Hey, Gordon, I thought that you were supposed to shut up forever. Yeah. 
I thought you you should still be uh, picking Kleenex out of your mouth, sir. Yeah, yeah. And like the fact that he like wagered this deal with like a train collector where he gets to store the train and play with it, but doesn't technically own it. Idiot. So stupid. What an idiot. What a a big, dumb idiot. (laughs) Amabella deserves better. Much better. Much better. But the the moment where uh, Renata just goes hog wild on the train and just like becomes like Negan and Lucille's the crap out of the train set. Uh, it was tremendous. It, it was, was so good. I can I can't even imagine what that was like to film, but it was cathartic to behold. It yeah. was it was deeply deeply enjoyable to watch. And like the internal bleeding that Gordon must have from that bat. Oh yeah, he got like he hit, got in the hit heart. pretty hard. <laughs> You bruised a rib earlier this year. Like, that must have been a couple of ribs. Yeah, that did not look good. That looked like that was going to be deeply uncomfortable. And frankly, he deserves worse. Uh, but I, for a moment, they're kind of worried that, like, she had just killed him. <laughs> really? <laughs> I did. Like, I was like, oh, my God, is this going to be, like, our springboard into season three? And is Renata going to need her friends to help her cover up the murder of Gordon? Uh, and that's absolutely not what happened. Uh, but she still, uh, she, she knocked the crap out of the train. The whole train set is destroyed. That's a great, I think, uh, callback to the first time we see him in the beginning of the series. And like that being taken away, being like the thing that he could stand to lose, this very expensive thing he stands to lose. And I think it's really great and representative of the character and how much of a tool he was that the thing that he cared the most about restoring was restoring the thing that he only got pleasure out of. Yeah. Uh, and just like shows how much of a selfish twerp he was. So baseball bat to the chest and to the train set, I think he got off easily. Wow. Yeah. Personally. Well done, Renata. Uh, so it was great. And yeah, the show me some respect. It was, it was, so, it was so good. It was great. It was great. And her, her scene with, with Meryl in this episode was, I thought, a better scene than the first of her two scenes with Meryl Streep over the course of the season. Um, that it's, it still felt a little contrived, but I just thought it, it was better and it made more sense. Uh, but it, it you know builds on the back of that scene from earlier in the season. Um, Jane and Corey, hooray for Jane and Corey. That's a happy ending, right? Yeah, I guess. We love Corey in this house. We definitely don't miss Tom and prefer Tom the coffee man. <laughs> I definitely prefer Tom the coffee man, if I'm being honest. And and uh, Corey, Corey the creep doing the peep. Um, can we talk about how Ziggy was like, I really want you to be together. That is not a conversation you have with your little kid. I, but they have a lot. They're, they're very open I with mean, each I other. get it. But if I were Jane, I'd be like, ah, Corey's just fine. Yeah. Well, well we I mean, like, that for- could be the thing. It's like, <laughs> it's like, Ziggy, like if she and Ziggy are always on the level, she'd be like, well, Ziggy, I always tell you the real truth. The truth is like, Corey's fine. But I think like I could probably do better than Corey yeah. ultimately. Yeah, I feel like this is not the you know this is not necessarily the guy that I gotta that I gotta spend the rest of my life with. And he's like, but I think you're in love with him, and he's in love with you. And I'm young Sheldon. And I'm very smart, and I know things. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know. I it was fine. He seems like he really cares about her, and he's like, oh, going on Tinder dates. That's not fun. Hanging out with you at the Monterey Aquarium. That's the best. <laughs> and you're a cool person. This whole thing is great. And I mean, we do. She get- seems happy, and I'm just I'm happy to see Jane happy. And it seems like the show wants us to believe she's authentically happy with Corey, and so that's great. Sure, that's great. Um, all right, we're gonna so get why into- not go and confess to a crime yeah, after so, you have sex with him? Yeah, so they all they're all gonna confess to the to the crime, and I I I yeah okay, so that that happens. All right, we'll get into some feedback next. Uh, before we do, Emily, I want to take a moment to thank our sponsor for this episode of the podcast. And Emily, once again, we are thanking the lovely folks 
over at Sunbasket. No matter what you like to eat, Sunbasket makes it easy. They have paleo, carb-conscious, gluten-free, Mediterranean, diabetes-friendly, and vegan meal plans. Whatever you're into, choose from 18 weekly recipes. Everything you need to eat clean and healthy. Sunbasket sends you organic produce and clean ingredients right to your door to create your own dishes from their recipes, such as shrimp pad thai with rice noodles and sugar snap peas, or Hawaiian locomoco with teriyaki chicken and fried eggs. Now, Emily, this past week, uh, we got our huli huli chicken on. We did. It was delicious. It was very, very tasty. It had the pineapple and celery slaw, uh, which I greatly enjoyed. I thought it was really, really yummy. Totally my kind of thing. Made it within, it says 25 to 40 minutes. That seems about right in terms of how long it took us to make. I remember because I was starving. I mean, that's usually how you find yourself. I'm very, in the I, was, I was very, very hungry. I was like, can we eat something? I know. Soon? And I was like, I'm making this right now. Yeah. Give it a second. I was, and I was, I was very, very hangry. And in short order, in no time at all, we had Huli Huli chicken on our plate, <laughs> which was very quickly in my. In what my, a ringing endorsement. It, I was it, hangry. This I was, was great. It was, it, was re- it was really, really good. I mean, I, obviously, I was very hungry, but it was actually really, really, really tasty. Uh, so, Huli Huli chicken, two thumbs up from us. Uh, right now, Sunday. Basket has a special promotion for post show recaps listeners for up to $60 off, $30 off your first two deliveries. It's a great deal if it means put it me, putting meal planning on autopilot, Emily Fox, and you can get some lunch planning in too because Sunbasket offers up five minute salad mixes for an easy lunch that's going to help you eat clean and feel great. Mm-hmm. Sunbasket makes it easy and convenient to cook healthy, delicious meals at home, no matter how much experience you have in the kitchen. Everything is pre-measured and easy to prep, so you can get a healthy and delicious meal on the table in as little as 15 minutes. So put meal planning on autopilot with this special offer from Sunbasket. Go to sunbasket.com slash post to get up to $60 off. Visit sunbasket.com slash post to learn more about this limited time $60 off special. All right, Emily, feedback. Let's get into some feedback. Uh, once again, we are going to be opening uh, up the feedback channels for the final, final Big Little Lies podcast that we will be doing next week. So this is but a taste of hopefully what we will be able to talk about. Just like that hooli hooli chicken. Mm-mm-mm. Mm-mm-mm. Yeah. So we want to we want to be hearing from you guys. Postshowrecaps.com slash feedback is our feedback form. Or you could be tweeting at us. Seems to be the more popular venue uh, at Emilet, at Round Howard. And please tag at postshowrecaps as well. Certainly want to hear what you would have done in season two differently would love to hear what you would want to see in a third season. So let's get into the feedback. This is from Andrea Raffle. Andrea Raffle says, I feel so underwhelmed from that finale and it makes me really sad. It seems that there's a door open for a third season, but I'm not sure if it should happen. Renata was the best part of the finale, hands down. I think that Emily and I both agree with the final part of that uh, sentiment. Uh, does anything even compete with Renata for the finale? I think Renata's uh, the train scene was like hands down, you know, yeah, very no. cleanly the best scene the of best. the season. Maybe the best. I don't know. I don't know about best of the season, but it, no, was, no. it was best of the finale for sure. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think to make a season three at this point in time would be I don't know beating a dead horse because like we don't need to see the inner workings of like who goes to jail for what, how long, right? 
or how like what deals get made. Well, I, we, I'm gotten, just not interested enough at this point, I think. We'd gotten uh, Alex Wilpon, the great Alex Wilpon had said, even so this season was a little messy. I hope they do more. Take a few years, develop a good story. I mean, yeah, maybe a this few years. This group of performances is worth it. Uh, I would I would agree with, with Alex. Antonio, Antonio Mazzaro, the great Antonio in the sky, uh, had, had said something very similar and said, I'd be down for a Big Little Lies HBO movie in a couple yeah, of years. Time jump at five years and check in with everyone. We've invested enough in all their emotional stories to enjoy that we don't need contrived suspense to fit with the first season thank you um i think that that's true the problem though is like i don't know like i there there there, there does have to be some drama here and i just don't know what the drama is to be to be hold it would feel in. a little forced i think i, I don't know uh, give it some time though i i agree with the, the you know antonio says time jump at five years i think do that but also like maybe wait that long in real time you know they waited forever for the deadwood movie so we can yeah. certainly withstand such things i think like everybody like take a breath Take some space, take some time off, go do your other projects, go do your other things. When schedules align, come back together, make another season or TV movie of Big Little Lies. I'm here for that. Uh, but uh, I think everyone just needs to kind of like reassess. What is this show supposed to be? Who's actually directing it? <laughs> yeah, let's like, let's, yeah, let's definitely like make like, sure that that's... Get your ducks in a row both behind the camera yeah, and in front of it. <laughs> make sure that that's clear. Uh, Jennifer writes in, I'm so glad I saw Celeste put Mary Louise in her place. That grandma would not be hanging out with her grandsons ever again if I were Celeste. I mean, yeah. Co-signed. Agreed. But I thought it was good for Josh and Max. Like, go give grandma a hug. Like, so that like, you know, because it's going to be very complicated untangling them from their father's legacy. Uh, and to like, just like have like, she, they're probably not going to see their grandma for a very long time. Yeah. I don't think I'd be inviting her over anytime soon. So, you know, maybe, maybe give her a hug is, is like both like a charitable thing that Mary Louise does not quite deserve, but more importantly, it's like to help ease the coming, uh, hard work yeah. that will need to be done for Josh and Max as the judge intonates. Like it's going to be, they're, they're going to have a hard enough road as it is. Yeah. Um, Brendan Fitzpatrick also wanted me to say goodbye, grandma. <laughs> <laughs> to Mary Louise, so there you go. Uh, Dave Baker writes in, do you know where I can buy a used train set cheap? No. I don't know. I, apparently, they're a lot more expensive than we anticipated. Talk to Gordon Fisherman. <laughs> Maybe he's uh, got some busted up trains that he's going to put on eBay. Uh, Humby. Humby writes in, do we love Renata so much that she could jump on a dragon and burn King's Landing and we would still find a way to justify it for her? Because I think I do. Uh, I would vote for Renata as Queen of Westeros. Yeah, she's got that fire. She's got the power 100, Jakaris and all of that. I feel like she, you know, she's a, she's, she's, you know, she's got great working experience, knows how to run a business. I mean, could probably run a kingdom. One of the cool things that they could do if they were to, you know, pause and, and come back in five years or something. Fantasy genre return. I like it. Yes. A genre bending Big Little Lies 3. I mean, Renata could be like the Martha Stewart. She comes back from being a convict and then is more successful than ever before. Oh, that's actually incredible. Right. <laughs> where she's like, I built this up from nothing. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, since Big See? Little Lies 2 to 1, right? Like, we brought Meryl Streep in, like, to, to like, up the, the star level. And, like, how are you possibly going to boost beyond that? Big Little Lies 3, Renata spends a little bit of time in prison, comes out of prison, and is friends with Martha Stewart. Martha Stewart for Big Little Lies 3 
as Martha Stewart. And then we have to throw Snoop in there just for Snoop's good measure. Snoop's in there, of course, yeah. 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 He's got to get that sweet, sweet Monterey uh, kush. <laughs> uh, I think Snoop Dogg rolling up to Big Little Lies 3 would be remarkably great. Uh, so I am definitely in favor of that. Okay. Uh, that is correct. 21 on Twitter, which is a great handle. Uh, the Corey storyline didn't make sense. Insane writing that they brought in the boyfriend of three weeks for questioning, but not any of the husbands. Um, yeah, I have to agree with that. That is correct. 21. That is correct. <laughs> That makes sense. Yeah. Uh, Hillary writes in that Bonnie tells Nathan that she's been lying about being in love with him, then jumps to him wanting to drive her to what we find out is the police station. So she obviously also told him about the big lie. Why even show her telling him she doesn't love him? Um, My bigger question there, Hillary, would be like, why not show us the scene where she says, hey, so I killed a guy. (laughs) And I don't love you. And I don't love you. Like, I feel like that's the thing. It's like, there was there was like bits of information that would have like been natural to have happen on the show that we just never got to see. Yeah. Uh, I wonder how much of that might've been filmed and then got, yeah, no, totally. hundred percent. hundred percent. Makes you super suspicious after hearing all of the drama. Yeah. It, it, feel, it feels like this just ended up being like an oddly hacked together, uh, show, um, which the shortened episodes make more sense. It's all like all, making a pie without half the filling. Really? I don't know. I don't know that that quite I'm just holds. hungry right now. So. I'm, I'm hungry as well. All right. Okay. Well, well, we'll start wrapping <laughs> up. Uh, Steph B., who, who responded to Hillary, uh, Steph B. said, I think that they were all letting all the lies out. She would have to tell him if she thought she was going to jail so that she could be there for their daughter. Uh, and I don't disagree with Steph B. I think that the implication is... Uh, so that he could be there for her daughter. Right. Not that's she. Right. right. And I, I think that that's right. And I think that the implication is that like they told their spouses that Bonnie told Nathan and you would assume that Madeline probably had to tell Ed uh, if she was going to the police station prepared to potentially turn herself in. Just why didn't we yeah. see that? That's so important for us to see. Like, I feel like that is the resolution of the what arcs they, in so many ways. What if she ways. was like, so now that we renewed Urgh. our vows, I have one thing yeah, I have one to tell last you. Thing. Well, I mean, that's essentially how right? it probably went. Ugh. Right. So, you know, that's just like, I don't know. That's just like, that doesn't fully add up. Um, Let's talk about the draft that we did last week, Emily. Yeah. We did a draft heading into the finale. Uh, The stakes on the line were the winner would buy the loser some sort of present that is related to trains. uh, That has something to do with trains. You You can choose what that is. It is entirely up to the victor, uh, and I still believe that we should not reveal the answer to what the present is until our final, yeah, final next show. Week, yeah. uh, mostly because I doubt that either of us have uh, an answer to uh, what what we will give to the loser. Well, yeah, we need a little time. Like, we need, need to see time. who wins first. Yes. Yeah. So, why don't I, you I think give that us the, the result? I think that the, the train thing now uh, also uh, added resonance since the train has been destroyed. Indeed. Uh, all right. So, Emily, you had drafted the following. You okay. ready? Yep. Uh, that Bonnie would die. You were close. Bonnie's mom died. Yeah. But not quite. Can't count it. Uh, you also said that Mary Louise will not get custody of the children. Whoop, whoop. I would, I would ding Rob Sesternino's bell if I had it. You got a point. Uh, you also said that Jane would move away with Ziggy. No. That did not happen. All right. So you walk away with one point. Um, I drafted that there would be some sort of resolution to the Ed and Nathan storyline. There was not, and I'm thrilled to be wrong. <laughs> 
thrilled to be wrong. Although it really does make me. Why did we have any of that? It yeah, was just what was a, the point? I also said that Ren- Renata and Gordon would would be Splitsville would get a divorce. Uh, who knows about a divorce? But that looked like Splitsville to me. I don't know if you want to um, rolling on the field. I don't know. You don't want to give it up. You don't want to give it up. We'll we'll turn it over to the to the people. You can, okay. you guys can weigh in if that's a point or not. Uh, but I said Mary Louise would be revealed as responsible for Perry's brother's death. How yeah. Do, how do we feel about that? That I seems mean, yeah. like that's a point. Um, so at at best we're tied. And at worst you win. And at worst I win. Um, I am uh, I am happy to call it a draw, Emily, and we can both Why surprise don't we both each just other. Exchange each other. Yeah. Yes, so we can okay. both surprise each other in the finale podcast in our in our final uh, podcast of the Big Little Lies season with some sort of gift. Are we going to do it on air? Yeah, we'll do it on okay, the air. Cool. Thirty dollars or less, uh, some sort of uh, present. This is well timed with our wedding anniversary. Yes, that's right. Our wedding anniversary is coming up. This weekend, maybe we maybe we will renew our vows after all. No, on uh, on July twenty seventh, uh, Emily Fox and I will be celebrating six blissful years of marriage to mm-hmm. one another. It's just been fantastic all the way through. It's been a really good. It's time. been a great time. Yeah, we're such really a great happy. time, and we've had a great time with you on this podcast. I've had a wonderful time. It's been a on blast. This we're not quite done. We're certainly not done podcasting together. Not by a long shot, as revealed. Succession will be succeeding. Big Little Lies. I was uh, waiting for you to make a joke. We will have a little bit of filler uh, between then and now. We've got this Big Little Lies podcast uh, final season wrap-up show coming your way next week. Uh, the week after that, I think we will be doing uh, some forward-looking succession material, getting Indeed. a little bit of a preview show up and running for that, and then we'll be in succession mode proper. It is premiering, I think I want to say August 11th off the, off the top of my head. Yeah, it's like the first or second full week of August. Go watch Succession if you haven't. I'm it's sure so like you, you've probably been hearing like, oh, I hear Succession's really good. Now is your reason to watch it because we're going to podcast about it. Talk it's, about intense piano solos. It's a, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a great show to talk about like people who are like deeply flawed and problematic. Uh, and wealthy. <laughs> everybody on Succession, you're either like a very bad person or you're just a huge idiot. And and so there, it's it's great. It's, it's going to be great podcasting. It's going to be very fun to talk about those characters. I'm excited. Uh, uh, so we're going to want your feedback for next week's podcast for anything that you want to talk to us about. Postshowrecaps.com slash feedback is our feedback form. Tweet at postshowrecaps, please. If you're going to tweet at us, make sure to tag at postshowrecaps. And you can tweet at Emily at Emilet. I am at Round Howard. Subscribe to what we're doing. Postshowrecaps.com slash iTunes is our main feed or however you subscribe, however you listen to podcasts on your platform of choice, or you can subscribe postshowrecaps.com slash big little lies. Uh, we'll make sure that we have at least the, the first couple of successions on there uh, so that you uh, you don't miss out. And so you're reminded to subscribe to the right place, your ratings, your reviews, all of that greatly, greatly appreciated here uh, by Emily Fox and yours truly. Emily, did we miss anything? Anything else you want to talk about? No, I think we're good. Fun stuff happening in the post-show recaps universe. There's a Lion King recap. Oh, uh, no way. Yeah, that, that Rob and uh, Zach Brooks uh, recorded and have posted on post-show recaps. I wonder how how into Zachary Ty Bryan as Rafiki they got. <laughs> 
I'd guess, plays Rafiki? I'd guess not very far. I don't know off the top of my head. Haven't seen the movie yet. The reviews have not been kind. Uh, uh, yeah. So I'm probably going to skip that I saw movie, a great but meme. I'll listen to the podcast for sure. I saw a really good meme of Beyonce where it was like uh, Michael Jordan playing for the Bulls where they're like, Beyonce as a singer. And then Michael ja- uh, Michael Jackson, Michael Jordan being a baseball player oh, being like Beyonce, Beyonce as an, as an actor. Brutal, brutal, brutal. How <laughs> dare like, they disrespect Foxy Cleopatra? I know. I really wanted her to do well. Deep disrespect. Deep disrespect. Respect. I mean, I love her. All right. So Lion King podcast is currently up on post show recaps. Uh, if it's not up already, by the time you're listening to this, it will be soon. Emily Fox, the longest podcast in post show recaps history to date is currently uh, in in, uh, in it's the e- rotation. It's, e- it's either up or about to be up. The Stranger Things feedback show uh, took a very strange turn. And ended up being a four-plus-hour podcast. Can I explain the scenario I came home to really quick last night? Yes, as long as you're not going to spoil the the podcast because you know what the podcast is. No, so basically, I came home from work. I had leftovers from work. And you essentially devoured them after being like a sweaty hot mess in this room for however many hours it was. I was on the line. I I tweeted it out. Actually, I tweeted out a screen cap of how long I was on the line with Mike Bloom for. Uh, We were on Skype together for about seven minutes shy of five hours. Yeah, because we had a lot to talk about (laughs) before we recorded the podcast. Uh, and then we had like a, a, like a couple of things. Like there was a, there was a bathroom break that we edited out. <laughs> we edited out the bathroom break. I was going to ask if you had any break whatsoever. One bathroom break. Wow. We had, I guess two. That explains the bucket we had, right we over had, here. We had the banter before we started <laughs> recording the podcast. There was a bathroom break right before we started recording the podcast. Then we had one bathroom break over the course of recording the remainder of the podcast. And I was, yes. And we, then like I after, starving, after starving you destroyed the, the leftovers, <laughs> I was like, hey, so what's going on? Like, I disappeared for out. like an hour and a yeah. half because I had to like export all the audio. It was four hours. Yeah. Four, four hours and, then and like you 20 came minutes to bed. of audio. You came to bed and I was on my phone for a little bit and you were on your phone. And finally I was like, hey, let's talk. And you were like, I just I have been more. talking. <laughs> and I was like, cool. So I'm probably going to turn the light out and go to yeah. bed then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I hope the, the leftovers were good. The leftovers were delicious. The podcast is strange. <laughs> it's a Stranger Things podcast that is definitely very odd. And Mike and I are going to have a lot more for you, even beyond that podcast. Doubtful that we'll have a podcast that hits that length of time in the Stranger Things podcast feed coming your way. Postshowrecaps.com slash Stranger Things is the Stranger Things podcast feed, even though that show has been done for a while. Uh, and even though Mike and I have recapped every episode of season three and we've recorded our feedback show as well we're going to do a couple of bonus podcasts that are stranger things adjacent over the next couple of weeks as we're laying track for the next podcast that mike and i are going to be doing and that is going to be a new weekly show that uh spoiler alert uh if all goes well and if we stick to the weekly schedule as currently outlined we will be podcasting uh, once a week through like 2022, <laughs> something like that. So Mike and I are about to embark on a very big new podcasting adventure. We hope that you will uh, join us. For now, you can subscribe, posterrecaps.com slash Stranger Things. We'll keep you posted on all of that. Um, Emily, I think that's it. That's yeah, all I've got. Yeah, let's wrap this up. All right. Thank you guys for listening. We'll be back with another Big Little Lies podcast next week before we start changing gears and getting into succession mode. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye.